Did you know a 2018 study showed half of prenatal vitamins tested had unacceptable levels of heavy metals? I'm Kat, mother of three and founder of Ritual. When I was four months pregnant, I couldn't find a prenatal I could trust, so I created my own. Ours is made traceable, third-party tested for heavy metals, and recently earned the Purity Award from the Clean Label Project. But don't just take my word for it. Get 25% off at virtual.com slash podcast. For the ones who know safety isn't a catchphrase, it's a culture. And the ones who help make sure everyone makes it home safe. For the safety-minded who watch everyone's backs, Granger offers supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as safety assessments and training to keep your facilities safe and your people safer. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Hey, what's up, everybody? This is Patrick Allen here. Um, so I'm coming to you from Chicago here. It's a 1.46 a.m. on Monday morning. The Chiefs played just a few hours ago and beat the Denver Broncos. Uh, we're going to get you into the podcast in just a minute. Just kind of wanted to explain something. So we were recording tonight and um, did about an hour-long podcast. And at the end, I noticed that we were, in fact, not recording anymore. It was somewhat strange. That was frustrating. We started over. We're a little bit tired, but we wanted to make sure you guys had a podcast today. Uh, we recorded again. And then after I closed the Zoom down, I noticed that I did, in fact, hit record. But for some reason, Zoom stopped recording at somewhere around the 40-minute mark. So we recorded two podcasts for you tonight. What I've done is I've gone back and spliced them together as best I can. I think it makes sense. So uh, when you hear us talking about Travis Kelsey, that's the very end of the, and him being a potential Hall of Famer, that's the end of the first podcast. And then it dropped off and then I will seamlessly splice it together and you'll hear the rest. But on the back end of the podcast, you may hear us make references to being really tired. And earlier tonight, we talked about X, Y, and Z. And that's because yeah, yeah, something weird happened with the technology. Um, I am, in fact, going to go to bed now. So you guys enjoy this podcast. Sorry for the hiccups, and uh, we'll see you guys on Thursday. Welcome to the Arrowhead Attic Podcast. Please welcome your hosts, Patrick Allen and Matt Verderam. What's up, addicts? Welcome to the Arrowhead Attic Podcast post-game edition. I am joined, as always, by my co-host, Matt Verderam. My name is Patrick Allen. Verderam, we, we predicted that this game would be kind of a breeze for the Chiefs. It wasn't. I was never, look, I was never really worried. I was a little bit nervous about the defense because they can be a little bit shaky sometimes, but at no point was I worried because we were playing Drew Locke and the Raiders or the, the Steelers. I just made the same mistake Travis Kelsey did. I uh, played the Broncos. <laughs> uh, Broncos on his uh, – Kelsey in his post-game uh, interview, also called the Broncos the Raiders. What are, what's just your quick initial reaction to this game? Um, the red zone's killing this team. Uh, you know, they, they – <laughs> killing is, I guess, a strong word. They're 11-1. and one. Um, it, it's, be, it's been an Achilles heel fan. They've struggled in the red zone defense where they're dead last in the NFL. Um, they were bad in there again tonight defensively. 
Offensively, they did finally break through on their last touchdown, but they were one of five. They just kept kicking field goals. And eventually that's going to cost you against a better team. Now, to be fair, Denver's good in the red zone defensively. They're fourth in the league. And so, you know, that, that was their game plan. It was bend, but don't break. And they, they largely executed that. But if you're the Chiefs, you have all those offensive weapons. You have to figure out a way to get in the end zone. And I thought it was, for me, the story on the negative side was that. And it was the plays that came off the board. The Hill touchdown that should have been that wasn't. The Hill touchdown that was taken back on a penalty. I mean, that's 14 points. Like, this game's not even a contest if they have those points. So, those things. On the flip side, the positive side, uh, and we'll obviously get more into this, I, I thought when they needed it, the defense really stepped up in the second half of the game. And, um, you know, offensively, I thought they had good balance. They ran the ball very well throughout the night, you know, and not just one big run to jack the average up, but they ran the ball consistently. And Mahomes is Mahomes. Uh, and he easily could have gone over 400 yards. Again, those hill plays, that one to Kelsey was on third and 20, went right to his hands. So, um, listen, they're 11-1. They won the game, but they were not without uh, mistakes and criticism that's coming. Yeah, it was a lot of little things. Um, before we get into the game and breaking that down, I just want to talk a little bit about Chiefs Twitter. Now, normally, when the Chiefs have a game like this, I'm I'm right there with everybody. Like I think back to the game against the Panthers, the first game against the Raiders, where I, I was just really frustrated with them, and I was worried, and I was worried by about the early second quarter. And in this game, I was annoyed at them, but I wasn't worried, and it wasn't just because they were playing the Broncos and Drew Locke. It was because they were moving the ball, like. They were playing pretty damn well. They were moving the ball. They were going up and down the field. The Broncos weren't – the only thing the Broncos did on defense, and I don't want to get too much into the game. I'm talking about Twitter here, but they batted a couple of passes down. They made a couple of plays at the line of scrimmage. Credit them. Did a nice job. And I felt like immediately everybody on Twitter went into, ah, they're – this is, this is bad. They're playing like crap. And I was like, I, are you watching the same game that I am? Like, I'm watching a game where I'm like, ah, oh, that just went through his fingertips. Oh, man, you know, just Mahomes just, he just missed Hill. He had a guy in his face, should have been a touchdown. I mean, Tyreek Hill caught a touchdown pass that didn't, didn't count. And everybody was kind of like, I don't know, who do, who do we blame? Do we blame Andy Reid for not throwing the flag and running the punt team out there too quick? I didn't see anybody talking about the refs who their job is to see if somebody catches the ball. I don't blame Tyreek Hill. He, he was face down on the, in the turf. Do you think we're a little too quick to like go off the deep end in Chiefs Kingdom, on, at least on Twitter? I think everybody is across the sport and, and just in life because we're just conditioned by these shows like, like First Take that everybody's got to have the hottest opinion on earth. Look, sometimes you're not going to believe this. Like the other team, like they try and stuff too. Like they also want to win the game. I, I, look. Denver sees the Chiefs all the time. Fangio's a good defensive coach. Now, did the Chiefs do some self-inflicted things that cost them? Yes. But go watch a game anywhere else where a team doesn't do stuff like that. Like the Steelers beat the Ravens in one of the ugliest games I've ever seen in my life on Wednesday. Baltimore was without about 20 guys. The Steelers played like crap the entire game. They beat them. Who cares? Right, like ultimately, you walk out of there and they beat them. You know, you know who cares today for the way they played? Seattle. That's who cares because they lost. 
They lost a brutal game. Now, the Giants playing better, but it's a brutal game. They got to win that game. Colt McCoy is atrocious. And Seattle was not able to win that game. Kansas City, I think, I think and look, I'm guilty of this, of this too, with Chief fans, because they're the champs, because of all the talent on this team, we just expect it. It's just going to be easy for them. And it's not always going to be easy. It's not. And I agree with you. I, I didn't think they played necessarily bad. They just, they were just off or they just, you know, or the Hill thing happens or they take a penalty at the wrong time. I mean, that game in an alternate universe, it's not too much of an alternate universe. They could have won by 20 some odd points. Right. It happens. It's almost in a weird way, a credit to them. They did all those things. And they still won the game. Like that's how good they are. Do you know how many teams play like that and lose that game? Almost everybody, but, they didn't. It, they found a way to win. Yeah, and, and, and again, I'll just reemphasize. I don't think they played a bad game. I just think they had – sometimes these things come – particularly when you get down into the red zone, right, it just it comes down to a couple plays, and you end up with a field goal instead of a touchdown. And if you have a bad string of drives, which the Chiefs have had in the red zone, they've just had a, a bad run of luck where, you know, they just didn't get over the goal line. Um, that, then you can run into a little bit of trouble. You don't you don't generally win kicking four field goals in the NFL, but they're the Chiefs. They move the ball up and down the field. And I'm sitting there watching the game going, this isn't like when the Raiders were stifling them and they just couldn't get anything going or it was a bunch of horrible self-inflicted wounds. It was just kind of like, yeah, you know, that should have been a touchdown. That, I, I will say, the Tyreek Hill touchdown, it broke me. That, that put me in a bad mood more than anything else that happened in the game because I feel like, obviously, we wanted the, the, the points, but didn't it kind of, like, rob us of an absolutely unbelievable play? Sure. Yeah, it did. You know, and that's what, you know, going back to, like, the Twitter theory, it always cracks me up. Like, I saw so many people, and I wrote on tweet during the games. I just think it's a bad idea. But there's so many people who are like, oh, it doesn't matter. It's like, bro, it's a touchdown in the NFL. Of course it matters. It's seven points. If the Chiefs get that seven points, they cover that 13-point spread. Like, of course it matters. Are you kidding me? Like, it's seven points in the NFL. You know, like, it, <laughs> But that's kind of the bigger point. People just think, and Chief fans are guilty of this, and again, so am I, but there is this thought that it should just be easy, that it just shouldn't be a challenge, that anytime they're on the field, they should just dominate whoever they're playing. And I'm telling you right now, that is just not reality. Go look at the best teams in NFL history. The best ones. None of them dominate teams, especially in the salary cap era. You, know, you want to go back maybe to the 60s and 70s when teams were just – it was more like college football in terms of the parity, fine. You get into like the late 80s even, and the cap started in 93. But you get like, – teams don't just go out and dominate other teams, or even bad teams. It doesn't happen. So I think sometimes – there does have to be the reality of like, look, you can be a little bit off. And if that team plays a good game and Denver by its standards played a good game, you're going to win or you're going to have a hard, or excuse me, or you're going to have a hard time winning. Well, the chiefs kind of muddled through the game. They won. And defensively, they drove me nuts sometimes on third down and what they gave 16 points. Like if they give up 16 points, you're never losing. And they didn't. Yeah, you know what I kept thinking about during this game is I, I was thinking about the first half of the, the game last week against Tampa Bay. And I was thinking about how just 
I started getting nerdy and thinking about statistics and I was like, you know, they were so on fire against Tampa Bay. Like you're just, I mean, they're capable of doing that at any time, but that's not a stretch of football. Tyree kill getting 200 yards receiving in a, in a quarter is completely right on one end of the spectrum of improbability. And then them having this bad stretch with Denver where they're moving the ball and then they're just not getting in the end zone is on the other end. You know, it's that whole thing. If you flip a coin 10 times, right, it should be 50, 50, but, but you could have a time where you flip it 10 times in a row and it's heads. And then if you keep flipping it long enough, if you flip it long enough, you could get a hundred heads in a row, right? If you did it forever, it would happen and it would still balance out to 50, 50. So I just kind of felt like that was part of the reason why I was never worried. I was thinking about the universe and balance. And I was like, I mean, they were just like torched. They just torched Tampa, who is a much better team and a much better defense and a much better offense last week. And and now things are kind of evening out a little bit. But to your point, they're so damn good. And they have Patrick Mahomes. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. And they didn't do any, like, they didn't, they didn't, you know, have some terrible turnover or anything. They just didn't score touchdowns. Right. You know? I, I, just, I think sometimes the threshold is so high with them. It's just, if they don't go out and look like they did in the first quarter against the Bucks every game, the whole game, it's like, well, what's wrong with them? Well, I mean, nothing. They're 11-1. Nothing's wrong with them. They're, they're pretty effing good. I mean, I, but, you know, listen. That doesn't mean you can't criticize them. We've been killing them for weeks. They can't get a pass rush. Now, tonight, I thought they actually did have a better pass rush, but a lot of that came in blitzing. They didn't sack lock in the game. Um, you know, That's something that still needs to be better, but I, I want to be fair. I thought they did get more pressure. Jones was in there a bunch. Clark had sometimes he got pressure. Their blitzing was effective. Okay, so you got to be fair. Lock didn't play well in this game. I mean, you want to you really get down to brass tacks. I mean, Drew Lock sucked. It, I mean, let's just let's just call it what it is. Drew Locke was fifteen to twenty-eight yeah. for a buck fifty-one, two touchdowns, two picks. He stunk. Drew Locke was awful. He made one throw on the first drive of the game to Fant for whatever it was, 30, 35 yards. And he made a nice throw to Tim Patrick for the touchdown on the fade route. That was it. He was he was downright atrocious the rest of the game. And the Chiefs picked him off twice. Could have had a couple more. I I thought they were pretty close. Yes, he was fine. The, run, the, the only play in that game defensively that really drove me up a wall was the, was the huge run by Gordon, the 65-yard run. I mean, you're, if you're the Chiefs, you just cannot give that play up. Like you, yeah. you have them 90 yards to go. You can't give up a 65-yard run. You know, I'll live with it 10 yards. You can't give up what is the equivalent of a deep ball down the field there. You just can't. Somebody's – you've got to be in position there. They weren't – but other than that play – I mean, let's, let's call it what it was. I mean, other than that play, my God, Denver didn't crack 300 yards in the game. So I thought the defense was better. Yes, they can get better uh, from here still. But overall, I thought the Chiefs, I mean, yards per play, Denver was 5.4. Kansas City was 7.1. That's a huge spread. You know, 5.4 yards per play. If the Chiefs did that all year long, they'd be around 13th in the league. So they, they were fine. I, I You know, they they – they deserve credit in my book for in the fourth quarter, they didn't let Denver do anything. And that was when Denver had to do it and they couldn't. All right, let's take a quick break. We're going to do an early break and we will be back and we'll break this sucker down. This is the Arrowhead Attic Podcast. Okay, we are back. All right, so let's get into the game a little bit more in detail. Chase beat the Broncos 22-16. They clinch a playoff spot. 
That's awesome. Let's let's not let that go uncelebrated. Clinching a playoff spot well before Christmas, always good. Always a good thing. Not something we're particularly accustomed to around these parts. So um, we're getting accustomed to it, but this is uh, this is early, even even by Patrick Mahomes standards. So hats off to Kansas City. So our score predictions again: Chiefs win twenty two sixteen. You had it. Chiefs 34, Broncos 16. So hats off to you. You nailed the Broncos score exactly. Uh, I had it Chiefs 35, Broncos 17. I was off by a point. I got to be honest with you. If the Chiefs, (laughs) they get the couple of those touchdowns that they left on the field, we're looking pretty good on our score predictions here. We're about right on. I mean, listen, you know, and that's the difference in the NFL. They had a couple chances to really put Denver down for the count, and they didn't, and they had to really fight and scratch and claw. But, you know, they – they had four – like, this is the other thing with the Chiefs. People act like they were some awful offense. They were bad in the red zone. They had 447 yards of offense. Right. Like, you, like that's unbelievable. That's an unbelievable – and if the Hills touchdown counts, they had 500. Right. So, like, people act like, well, I, I can't believe they were, they, were, they were just so mediocre. Look, they weren't good in the red zone. And let's just get this out of the way right now. I always, whenever I watch a game, I'm usually on the phone with my dad. Okay, we were talking about the game. The bottom line with the Chiefs, when they get down in goal-to-go situations, they have two things working against them. There is not a lot of space, so by, by proxy, you're going to have – it's easier to double guys and whatnot because you have more defenders in a smaller area. And the Chiefs are not a power-running team. I hate to break it to people. And you actually said this on Twitter, and you were spot on with this. So many people get annoyed when the Chiefs run some cutesy play and it doesn't work, and they're like, oh, I can't believe we're getting cute. I got news for you. It works all the time. Like You yeah. have to live with it when it doesn't work sometimes. That's the way it goes. It's not 100%. And oh, by the way, I've, I also have another bit of news. If the Chiefs on third and one there at the goal line, the early part of the game with Bell, if they run the ball into the line, I guarantee you he doesn't score. They can't get a push. They're not built to do that. They're built to be an athletic offensive line, a pass-blocking line. They are not built like the Raiders, who are built to road grade. That's not who they are, which is fine. They have Mahomes. They should be a pass-blocking athletic offensive line. But, like, you can't – look, if you're you're somebody who goes to the gym, think of it this way. You go to the gym, and your best – workout routine is your is your chest and arms day okay and you're going in there and you're putting up 300 on the bench and you're curling 60 okay but maybe you haven't gotten to the point yet where your quads are as strong as you're like well i don't expect you to leg press 700 pounds like your legs are going to snap in half it's just the way it is right so Sometimes there does have to be a realization of, yeah, look, you know what, the Chiefs, third goal at the one, like even though you'd think because they're great offensively, it would be easy, it's not a strong suit for them. It's not. Like they're now, I, I wasn't in love with the play call because I just thought it took too long to develop. I don't mind the Chiefs running a straight-up jet sweep there or rolling Mahomes out. Like, fine. I don't, I don't mind it because I know if they run power, they're going to get stuffed. They're not built to do it. Remember the week one, Clyde edwards helaire like running in. They tried to, to run it in right in the goal line. They couldn't do it. You're absolutely right. Remember and, the and Super Bowl where they ran yeah. Rose Bowl parade because they knew that if they had to try to run conventionally for a yard, they had yeah. no shot to do it. So they had four guys spinning in the backfield. I mean, it's just, look. And everybody would have gone crazy if that didn't work. But guess what? It did work. 
and they score on the next play. Like, it's just sometimes you have to just live with that. That's the way they are. They're not going to be perfect at everything. It's fine. They're better off being an athletic pass-blocking line, but they're not going to run power successfully all the time. They're much more equipped to score from the 20 or the 15 than they are from the yeah. 5. It's yeah. just the way it is. And, and, and when they get down to the goal line, they've got Patrick Mahomes, who's ridiculous and could do things with the football that nobody else can. And so he, a lot of times when they score down there in the red zone, he's just rolling out and it's just playground shit. Like he's just rolling out and he's going to flip the ball in some absurd angle and they're going to score. And that's why I tweeted that. And, and, and I didn't get ratioed. Most people agreed with me. It got a lot of likes, but a lot of people, you know, of course, they're, cause they're mad and they're stressed out about the game and they're jumping in there. And, oh, that's it. They were a foot away. Just run up the middle. You'll score. And I'm like, listen, man, you guys aren't complaining when they do some, like when, when Mahomes goes in motion and they shovel it to Kelsey with all this misdirection and they score with these things. I don't hear anybody saying, well, yeah, we scored that touchdown, but they got a little cute. That's not always going to work. We need to just be able to run it on the goal line. And nobody says anything. And, and it sure is worth sitting here. If they ran that ball up the middle three times or they ran it up the middle three times and then they try to fade and it didn't work out and they didn't score, they had all been like, well, that was imaginative play calling. That's what you would have been getting from everybody. Yeah. And look, you can't criticize the result if you're normally fine with the process. Like it's it's not it's not as though Andy Reid's sitting there going, you know what I think would be great if we lose five yards here. Like they are trying to get the ball into the end zone, and Andy and, and I guarantee you they were they had that play in down there for a reason. They saw something either from the defensive end or from a corner they thought they could push out of the zone, and it didn't work. The, the Broncos defended it well, and again. I'll be the first to say I wasn't a fan of the play call, not because they ran it outside or anything like that. I, I, I would have been fine with the jet sweep. I just thought it took too long, kind of had Hill circle back. It gave the, Because when you're down there, I do believe you've you got to be quick to the point because there's just too many guys in every area. You've got to just hit it and hit it hard. But ultimately, you, just, you can't go crazy that they can't do every single thing. Like, you know what? Pittsburgh's undefeated. Roethlisberger throws a helium ball every time it's more than 15 yards down the field, but it doesn't matter because they're winning. Like it just like now, if you want to make the argument that it's going to matter in January, fine, make that argument. But you can't get annoyed that they're not great at every single thing. They're not going to be go. I defy anybody to find me one offensive line that's great at power. That's a really athletic, smaller, faster offensive. You're just not going to find that team. Maybe once in a blue moon, not consistently, doesn't exist. Yeah, they they did fine. They eventually got in the end zone, and as we've documented already, they scored a touchdown that they, that that the refs just missed that they scored it. So yeah, it, it wouldn't even have been as stressful as it was with those. Um, I want to talk about speaking of Tyree Kill. I want to talk about the play where it got wiped out by the holding penalty, which it was it was annoying, but he was holding them. He held yeah, on a little too long. Was, yeah. Um, yeah, you know, it's it's unfortunate, uh, but. Do you think that Hill stopping, turning around, standing there, trying and failing again to do a backflip, yeah. do you think he's going a little bit too far with, with the showboating? Look, I don't personally care, but I do think when you've struggled all night to, like, to get going, maybe just walk in the end zone there a little bit. Like I, you know, there was, by the way, I, there was a play with him as well 
down. It wasn't the play we were just talking about, but it was another play where they, I can't remember if it was on a pass or he circled back. Or, he was in like the five-yard line, and he, and he threw up the peace sign and then immediately got shoved out of bounds. And you're like, come on, man. If you had no chance of scoring a touchdown, that's it. Again, I'm going to go back to what I just said about you can't bitch about the third and one calls. This is who they are. They are an in-your-face, dragging across, you know, drag you across the goal line and tell you about it type of team. That Hill's got swagger for days. Kelsey has reined it in, but he's got, I mean, Clark, nobody talks more crap than Frank Clark, Chris Jones. The Chiefs are a very bombastic, stop-me-or-shut-up type of team, and I don't mind it. I think that's who they are. I do think, however, listen, there's a time and a place a little bit for that, like maybe rein it in a touch, um, but I don't I don't mind it. I, you know, I, I think the NFL in general with these, these penalties, and they ended up picking up the flag, but like, come on, they're grown men. I mean – if he wants to flip in the end zone, fine. Like whatever. It's not like he drop kicked some guy and did it. Like I, I don't, I don't have an issue. By the way, uh, speaking of the officials, good thing Butker hit that field goal at the end because the delay of game when there was still a second on the clock. I don't think I've ever seen that. Like that was what? terrible. How the hell do you call that? Awful. There was call. still a second. Like I can honestly say, Patrick, I've watched football twenty-seven years. I can't think of ever seeing that before. Nope. No. I mean, you see it all the time where the clock hits zero and they give you a beat to snap the ball. There was clear as day one second on the clock and they called it for delay a game. Yeah. I, that was that was unbelievable. That could have been a season-changing thing. If Butker misses that field goal, Denver gets the ball at the 38-yard line. Like, right. that could have been a huge, huge play. And, you know, it didn't matter because of Butker hitting the extra. But, man, that um, – I just wanted to bring that up because that was that'll get forgotten in time, but man, that was rough. That was a that was a bad call. There were a couple other ticky tack calls. The picking up the flag and uh, to put a bow on Hill, I I love it. I, I think these guys should be allowed to show their personalities. I just don't want it to come back and hurt the team. So when they threw the flag, I was like, did he go too far? Was it? And they had a discussion about it because like he <laughs> he wasn't taunting anybody. He was just showboating. Like he wasn't, it wasn't like, that's what they throw, usually throw the flag for is right. unsportsmanlike conduct, taunting. But he didn't do anything. They're allowed to celebrate now. He was still, <laughs> he was still in the field of play too. It was actually, I, I wish we could hear the conversation that the officials had because I'd be interested to hear like what they talked about. Like, can, 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 I guess you can taunt while you're still on the field of play. You don't usually have a lot of time to do that. Um, but we've seen guys running for, for touchdowns and doing a taunt. But that was an interesting one. And I would like to get clarification from the NFL if Tyreek Hill is allowed to stop and stand there for 10 minutes if the Broncos aren't going to tackle him. Like, why does he have to go in the end zone? If he decides he wants to go in backwards or upside down, I'm okay with that, just as long I, I, as it's not going to be a penalty. I, I don't care. Like, to me, whatever, man. You know what? If you're Denver, stop him. I mean, <laughs> yeah. I just – I don't care. You know, I – you know, listen, and I remember when the Broncos were busy winning division titles and winning the Super Bowl, and the Broncos had no problem. That defense would show you up all game long. So, I mean, I remember to leave ripping the chain off Crabtree that one game. I mean, so that was hilarious. That was that, hilarious. That's one of the funniest things that I've ever I seen mean, in the NFL. I don't know if we have to believe this or whatever. That was basically keep to leave telling Michael Crabtree was a bitch. 
I mean, just straight <laughs> up. It was unbelievable. <laughs> yeah. You just don't Snaps see that on an NFL field. Yeah. Um, yeah. But I mean, but you know, listen, like these guys, these are high stakes, man. Like these, this is their careers or livelihood. I'll never forget. Now I'm not going to get off on a side tangent here, but like I covered the American Hockey League, which is basically AAA hockey for a couple of years when I worked in Binghamton, New York. And uh, Kevin, uh, Luke Richardson, who is the head coach, great guy, played 21 years as a defenseman in the NHL. Hell of a career. And they lost a game they shouldn't have lost. They were a good team. They made the playoffs that year. They, they lost some game up in like Lehigh, but they should have never lost. Anyway, I'm standing outside the locker room. I'm waiting to talk to some of the players, talk to him. He comes out, clearly though not ready to talk, just venting. He's furious. And he actually walked up to me. And he said, you know, Verderam, people think these are just games. This is their effing jobs. And some guys are going to get fired after this game. And he walked back in the locker room. And it just really struck me. I was like 22 years old. I never thought about sports really in those terms. And I thought, I'm like, he's right, man. Like, there, some guys are going to lose their jobs over this game. And they did. Like, I remember they just sent down two guys. That was pretty much it. That was their career. And like, so when you're looking at these games with Denver, that you know, look, Denver's not good, but like, even if they're not, even if some of these guys are going to be gone after this year, they're, they're they're trying to put on good tape elsewhere. Um, and if they make a play, they're going to celebrate. Like, I don't have a problem with Tyreek Hill doing it. He made a play. He's he's earning that huge contract he got. And if Denver doesn't like it, and to be fair, they didn't bitch about it, but if they don't like it, stop him. Yeah, absolutely. Let's talk about our. Incredible quarterback, Patrick Mahomes. Another great oh. game from him. I mean, he, you know, they didn't get in the end zone, but 25 of 40, 318 yards, one touchdown, no picks. I think he's now at 31 touchdowns. Correct me if I'm wrong. I don't know how fast ESPN updates their 30, stats. 34, right? Is it 34? I look, when I looked at, at the ESPN, it was th- I could, it, maybe it's not – up to date. No, but maybe you're right. Yeah, 30, 31. He's at 31. 31, two touch, two interceptions. He's not bad. It's how many games do they have left? Four? Five? Four. Four games. He has two interceptions. He's, I don't know. I, I wish I had his stats pulled up right now. I don't know how many times he's throwing the ball, but it's a lot. He's throwing the ball a lot. To only have two interceptions at this point in the season is absolutely incredible. So I mean, 463 times. Wow. It's he's got two picks. Uh, that's incredible. That's, he's just unbelievable. And this was a game that they struggled a little bit. He probably should have had three touchdowns. But, yeah. I mean, do you think he can pull this off and go the rest of the season without throwing another pick? I'm going to knock on no, it here. I mean, odds are I'll throw another ball. I'll tell you, though, man. Like, <laughs> how many times did he throw from a different arm angle in this game? Yeah. Or, like, behind him when he was running. The, I mean, that, the last throw he made to Kelsey was just un- insane. That's, they didn't get the first down, but it was ridiculous. Like, how the hell did he even throw that? And, uh, it, was, it was like he popped amazing, his arm out of the socket. What's amazing when he does that is how accurate he is. Yeah. He just hit some guy straight in the numbers. You're like, that's unbelievable. I, it's got to be infuriating to play him. You can do every single thing right. Doesn't matter. Makes no that he'll pick it up on his, with his legs. He'll find a way. He'll slide out. It's just it's it's incredible. Um, but another three hundred plus yard game. He's over thirty eight hundred yards. He's leading the NFL. He's probably going to hit five thousand. Um, not a shoeing, but it's certainly on pace. 
you watch him, and it's just – it cannot be taken for granted. He is the best player on earth, period, end of story. He is dominant beyond – he is Michael Jordan levels dominant. I, it is incredible. And that's why when people worry – look, I try to be critical. I try to be honest. But when people worry about all this little stuff with them, why, well, you know, they, they didn't execute this or that. I just say, okay, but ultimately, when it all comes down to it, whether it's Denver, Miami next week, Pittsburgh in the playoffs, they see each other. Can you stop Mahomes? Can you stop Mahomes? Not in the first quarter, not on some drive before half. Can you stop Mahomes when the chips are down? And if the answer to that question is no, your ass is going home. I don't care who you are, what scheme you play, how you look at the Niners last year. The Niners played about as perfect a defensive game against them as you're ever going to see for 53 minutes. And then they ran out of gas. And he made an unbelievable play on Wasp. He made a beautiful throw to Watkins on the next drive. And the confetti's coming down. And they won by 11 points. Like, it's just you need – and it's the same thing with Jordan. Jordan, all those – like, there were times where, like, they had 10 points in the first half. But can you stop Jordan in the final eight minutes? Can you get a stop? Probably not. And that's why you're going to lose. And Mahomes tonight in this game, like the Broncos, yes, effectively finally stopped, but they whipped off five minutes at the end of the game. Denver was up, uh, up against it late. On the drive before, the, the Chiefs need to score. They go in the end zone. Like, it's just you can't stop him. He makes too many plays, and he did it again tonight. He's absolutely incredible. And now he's going up to the line, and you're seeing him – you know, you always get these clowns who will pop on on Twitter and say, he's a system quarterback if he didn't have Andy Reid. Man, that dude's walking up the line. He's reading defenses. He's changing plays and then changing them back based on the things that he's seeing. He did that in this game. And he's he's going through his reads. You see him go through three, four reads. I mean, this is not – yeah, is he a perfect marriage with with Reed? Absolutely. He's, he's absolutely incredible. All right, listen, we're going to take our last break. And when we come back, we're going to talk about the defense. We'll put a bow on this game. And we've got some fan questions. You guys have some things to say about pineapple pizza. We're going to get into it. This is the Arrowhead Attic Podcast. All right, we are back. Okay, before we move on and put a bow on this thing, let's talk. Actually, before we talk about the defense, Travis Kelsey. Bro, again, again. Eight receptions, 136 yards, a touchdown, and he becomes the, the first receiver to, to have a 1,000-yard season. Is it four seasons in a row now? Uh, five. Five. Wow. Five. Yeah. And we've been talking about him on the show. He's, he's right up there with – we're going to have to do the math this week to see where he's at as far as receiving goes. But he's, he, he's probably gaining – he's gained on Tyree Kill a little bit. These guys were number one and number two in the NFL coming into this week in receiving yep. yards. Absolute, that's, that's bananas. Um, I think he's making a big push for – I know sometimes they do the, the, the MVP. If, if Mahomes wins the MVP, is he also Offensive Player of the Year? Should they give that to somebody else? Can you see Kelsey pulling that off? Oh, I, yeah, absolutely. By the way, Metcalf has 11-19 for Seattle. He came into the week leading. I'm just doing math real quick. Kelsey is at eleven fourteen. He's five yards behind DK Metcalf. 
which really is just absurd. Like when you factor in that he's splitting all these targets with Hill and he's a tight end, like what? That's insane. Yeah. It's impossible to have that amount of yards. So, and he's got eight touchdowns, by the way. It's just top 10 in the league. Um, and here, here, are, here are Travis Kelsey's numbers since the beginning of uh, November. Eight catches, 109 yards, touchdown. Ten catches, 159 yards. Eight catches, 127 yards, touchdown. Eight catches on eight targets, 82 yards. Eight catches, 136 yards, touchdown. He's doing all right. Yeah. Uh, he's having a, he's pretty, a good. pretty damn good season. And by the way, two <laughs> things with Travis Kelsey tonight that were hilarious. One, I forget who the defender was, the stiff arm he laid on that guy. Oh, my God. Qu- that man's dead. He's gone. Soul's gone. I saw his that soul man, in his body. They had a funeral for him after the game. I mean, it was, it was it unbelievable. Like, it looked like he it looked like he had stiff-armed a toddler. It looked like he <laughs> stiff-armed, it, really. Like if my daughter tried to tackle him. And I think Maisie yeah. actually might have put up a better fight. Like that was unbelievable. <laughs> it was he a threw swat. that dude straight into the ground. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it was. I saw DK Metcalf stiff-arm a guy today, just drove his head into the ground. It I was saw absolutely that incredible. Yeah, he, yeah. it, and he's a monster, right? And this this stiff arm by Kelsey was easily two times more brutal than the one that DK came up. It was because so embarrassing. I, it was <laughs> it wasn't just that like you know on the on the DK Metcalf one if you saw it he he stiff arms the guy straight to hell but like he does get tackled like it causes him to fall over. Yeah, the guy actually made the tackle. Yeah. Yeah. Kelsey stiff armed that guy so bad it looked like a cartoon. You know how sometimes people on the internet will take somebody who gets pushed. And then they'll edit it and then have them float into like space and like, yes. you know, past Arrowhead Stadium and all these things. Someone's got to do that with that because that's, remind- it was like real life. And I don't know, people may not remember this. It reminded me of when Kelsey, in t- years ago, they played Seattle at home. It was like 2014. And Kelsey just destroyed, I think it was Earl Thomas, might have been Camp Chance, one of the safeties. On a, it was a block. Jamal Charles ran the ball. And, and somebody on Twitter put it to like Jim Ross, WWE, like that. Oh, no, he's killed him. Good God almighty. Like it, right. That was reminiscent of that. And by the way, Charles Robinson at Yahoo, who's terrific, pointed out on that play, Mahomes, one of the signals he called out was Helen Keller. Like somebody has to find oh. out. And, I, and I, will, I will try to find out. Like what, what in, in the heck is that about? Like, that's, that's hysterical. They they call out Helen Keller and then Kelsey just destroys some guy. I mean, and then after the game, it had to be a mistake. But during the interview with Michelle Tafoya, he was like, "Hey, hats off to the Raiders today. They played a great game." Like, <laughs> I'm sure he meant the Broncos, but it's still hilarious. Like, yeah, after- he did say he did say Raiders, and then Mahomes snuck up behind him and drove and, and and poured two bottles of water down his back. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm sure he meant the Broncos, but it's funnier if we just assume that he actually meant the Raiders and was trolling them for the game they played against the Jazz. Sorry, I've been looking at the replay trying to figure out who this guy is on the on the Broncos that got humiliated. Number 33, Hauser? 33, I'll, I'll figure it out. Because I, I remember it was like a DB I, I was not familiar with. But it was it was he, incredible. It was one of the funniest things I've ever seen. He, what's so great about it is he's on Kelsey's right side. I'm kind of slow-moing it here. And they're at about the... 1918 about the 17 yard line and Kelsey takes his right arm and <laughs> it just throws throws the guy around him 
And the dude ends up at about the 12-yard line. And not only on the 12-yard line, but on the other side of Kelsey from where he was when he tried to tackle him. Just absolutely humiliating. He doesn't even – he does, He just kind of stands up and like, it's one of the more disrespectful Order. things I've seen. It, it really, it's yeah. an incredible, like, it was just like, you get away from me, get off me. Yeah, it was uh, fantastic. I, by the way, they don't even have a number 33 on the <laughs> roster for them on ESPN, which means he actually might have killed this man. He's gone. They expunged <laughs> him. He got cut. He got cut before the game was over, and they expunged him from the roster. Um, that's incredible. Uh, just, am I, am I reading? Absolutely an insane stiff one. But it, anyway, yeah. Now, Kelsey, look, Kelsey is 31 years old, and he's having the best year of his career. Um, by the way, the, the player, I, I believe, is Elijah Holder, who Holder. Is not, who's listed as 49, but I'm pretty sure. I'm almost 100% sure that's who he is. Um, not that I'm sure he's looking to get – Yeah, oh, yeah. Oh, it's definitely – yeah, I got a nice good shot of it now. Somebody took a still of it. Yeah. Um, See, he's wearing 33, though. Yes, man. I'll tell you what, though. I'm, I'm guessing he, he's not looking for credit for that play. All right, let's uh, let's let's talk about the defense really quickly before we wrap up this game. They didn't get any sacks. This is the big thing for me. Look, they held these guys to 16 points. They did their job, particularly in the second half. They gave up the big run to Melvin Gordon, which was frustrating. You can't do that, especially against this team, because you you know that Drew Locke's not going to beat right. He's not going to go up and down the field, heaving the ball over the place. He'll try but it's not going to work out, right? The Broncos need to run the ball to be successful and win. They need to eat the clock. They did that for a large part of the game. That run was disappointing. But, but, but let's talk about the sacks. What's going on with Frank Clark and Chris Jones on, on getting to the quarterback? I mean, you, you talk about witness protection. Uh, look, I, they need to be better, okay? Between the two of them, they're earning $190 bucks. They have to be better. They need more. Frank Clark and Chris Jones are two phenomenal players, and neither one of them is playing like it right now. Now, I will say this. I want to be fair. I thought Jones tonight made his impact felt throughout the game. He got a lot of interior pressure. He was blowing plays up, and that stuff may not be a sack, but it matters. Okay? You talked about it on the, on the podcast that no one will ever hear. Uh, he, he got a pass knocked down. So did Clark. I thought Clark was very good against the run tonight, but let's be frank. They're not paying Clark to be great against the run. I mean, sure, that's part of it. They're paying him to get to the quarterback and create negative plays. The Chiefs are dead last in tackles for loss, okay? They're in the bottom third of the league in sacks. Now, the pressure rate is in the top 10, which matters. I'm not going to poo-poo that, but they're also blitzing a lot, so they better be in the top 10. Um, That stuff's going to matter when you play in the playoffs. Now, I've been one to say, well, are the Chiefs kind of laying in the weeds a little bit? Are they not as motivated? I, I don't know. But you know what? I'm to the point, you know what? Motivate yourselves. Like, if that's the problem, figure it out. I don't know that that is the problem. It's just one theory. But I, I do think, look, they got pressure tonight. They did a better job. They affected a lock in the game. Lock went for 5.4 yards in attempt, just hideous. Um, they picked them off twice. So the pressure was there. I thought the blitzes got home. But they need more from those guys. I mean, let's just call it what it is. Neither one of them has a sack since Carolina game. But come on, you're getting paid a fortune. They're not. They're not paying you to get close. You're not Alex Okafor. If Alex Okafor gets close, sign me up. Like Frank Clark needs to needs to get there. Chris Jones needs to get there. I did think they played better tonight than they had in the previous couple of games. 
but look, they need more. They need. There's no doubt about it. If you want to nitpick and talk about the flaws of an 11-1 team, that's one of them. The other thing to me was the red zone tonight again. They weren't good in the red zone. Two trips, two touchdowns. Guess who's dead last in red zone defense this year? Kansas City. It's got to stop. Those are two things right now I'm focused on. Got to be better in the red zone. Got to get more sacks. Yeah, and they're going to need to be good in the red zone when they play a team like the Saints who – They get in the red zone. Yeah, they get in the red zone, and they've got uh, – Drew Brees might be back for that game, but if he's not, you've got Taysom Hill. you got to deal with Alvin Kamara. It's a problem down there. So, all right, let's get to earning their arrowheads. Mine is going to go to Tyron Matthew. Seven tackles, two pass defenses, a tackle for a loss, and the interception to seal the game. The landlord is collecting rent. He's doing a tremendous job. Really stepped up and helped lead this team to victory in the second half when they really needed to make some plays on defense. They got the job done. How about you, Verderan? Uh No, listen, I, I got Butker. Five for five in field goals. And again, really like six for six since the, the officials decided that the play clock now goes to 39 seconds, not 40. Um, he's not missed a, a kick, nor has he come close to missing a kick since the bye week. We talked about that ad nauseum. And I said going to the bye week, look, if this doesn't stop, they're going to have to bring somebody else in. Like they have to do something. It is stopped. He has been perfect, and most of his kicks are right down the middle. That's a huge relief. That's going to matter in the playoffs. There is going to come a game. He is going to need to make some kicks, and he's doing it right now. He looks like Harrison Bucker, so that's huge. The other one to me is Darrell Williams. You know what? He only had 43 yards in the game, 38 yards rushing on six carries, one catch, five yards. Darrell Williams did everything they needed him to do. He caught the ball on, on a, one tough catch, uh, the one target he had. He did, he did a nice job running the ball in the fourth quarter when they needed to pound the ball. He did so. He didn't fumble. And, look, I get it. Like, it's not sexy. It's not 100 yards. It's not a whole bunch of bells and whistles. But I don't care. That's not his role. Darrell Williams tonight executed his role perfectly. And they needed him a little bit more because Clyde Edwards-Alaire couldn't play. He had the stomach issue, lost some weight. Sounds like the flu. The Chiefs did their job late in the game, and Darrell Williams was a big part of that. So for me, those are a couple guys that I look at. And I thought the offensive line, by and large, played pretty well tonight. You know, Denver brought some pressure or whatever. You got, Mahomes got sacked the one time. I thought overall, especially, look, they're down Schwartz. Like, it, it matters. The guy's an all-pro lineman. I, I thought they did a nice job. I, I, I would give them collectively an arrowhead because I thought, they kept Mahomes relatively clean. Again, let's say whatever you want about Denver. Denver's got a good front. They, and Fangio can coach defense. I, I thought they did well up front. Yeah, and I don't think we mentioned this when we talked about Travis Kelsey, who obviously was spectacular. He became the first tight end in the history of the league to have five consecutive 1,000-yard seasons. That's yeah. bananas. He's incredible. Okay, we're going to take our last break. When we get back, we're going to do fan questions. We're going to talk pineapple pizza, find out what you guys think about that. This is the Arrowhead Attic Podcast. All right, we are back. Let's dive into these fan questions. Okay, the first one comes from Jalen Butler from Connecticut. Uh, Jalen says, uh, I've got two questions. The first one is, are you, are you the guys that write the articles on the Arrowhead Attic app? We are not. Matt and I both used to, to be the editors over at Arrowhead Attic. We uh, have since moved on to other roles in fan sided, so we are just your humble podcasters. But Matt Connor leads the team over at Arrowhead Attic. He writes a lot of those articles, and so do a ton of the other writers. So check it out. Um, they're fantastic. Leave them some comments. Let them know how awesome they are. They do a tremendous job covering the Chiefs from 
from front to back. We only visit you guys a couple times a week. They're in there every day cranking out articles. So don't miss it. Um, okay. So, so Jalen wants to know his second question is, do you think Mahomes can pass Brady in Super Bowl ranks before he retires? No, because the number is just so high. We I mean, have to get to seven. You're asking a lot, man. Like, let's say he plays 15 more years, right? He plays to 40. It's like one and one every year, or every other year, excuse me. That's just, it's so hard. It's so hard. And even Brady, as great as he was, like, let's, as great as he is, he had some luck. D4 is not offside. There, poof, there's one ring. Okay. If, if the Seahawks aren't the dumbest team on earth and Marshawn Lynch just runs the ball from three feet out, like, there's, poof, another ring. The Falcons, 28 to three. Poof, there's half his ranks, right? Like, if those three things go another way, and they let's face it, probability says they all should have, uh, Brady hasn't won a Super Bowl in 17 years, right? And, and so I don't think so. Now, I will say this. I don't know that that means that that's the end of the GOAT talk. It doesn't have to be. Jordan doesn't have as many titles as Bill Russell. Who cares? He's the best player of all time, right? If Mahomes gets to, like, four I think you're probably at the point where you can start having that conversation. And I'll, and I'll go one further. Now, there's a lot of ifs connected to this scenario, but if Kansas City were to win the Super Bowl this year, no team's ever three-peated. If the Chiefs are somehow able to do that, that's a capstone moment for Mahomes. That's something that nobody's ever done before. Now, they got a long way to go. They, got, they only got one of the three here, but they're favorites for the second one. And I'll tell you right now, uh, they're going to be favorites next year too. So they're going to have a shot. Nobody's ever done it. Could they do it? They got as good a shot as anybody. Yeah, I really just don't think you can can even start talking about it until he gets to maybe three. And I mean, we'll have to see if they win this year. He's certainly on on, on track. But what Brady has done, he's playing forever. is just absolutely incredible. And you're right. There there were a few that he he just won by the skin of his teeth. And look at other great quarterbacks. I mean, what. Manning finished with two. Is that correct? Yeah. Yeah. Manning got finished with two. Yeah. Mar- Marino never got one. You got uh, some other great quarterbacks, Jim Kelly, right? Um, some really, really I'll, good I'll quarterbacks. Elway, the last two years of his career. Right. Elway, the last two years of his career. If, if I had told you after Aaron Rodgers won his first Super Bowl that we'd be sitting here in the year 2020, about to be 2021, and he'd still only have one, would you have bought it? Not only not, the one, never got back. Yeah. Never got back. Russell Wilson, one, got the two, right? Brett Favre, one, got the two. It is is hard. It is so hard. I I just think probability says, uh, no, he won't get the seven. If he does, uh, sign me up. I will be a very happy individual. (laughs) Indeed. Uh, And the last part, as as we were asking for comments on pineapple pizza from Jalen, he says, pineapple pizza is amazing. I actually order it sometimes when I'm out. The Hawaiian pizza with pineapple and ham is great. Not my favorite, but good. Verderham, how how are you handling this news that Jalen likes pineapple pizza? Jalen, I respect you, and I thank you for listening. Your take is an atrocity. Uh, Pineapple pizza is is just an absolute disaster of a food. Um, I say this as, as someone who takes my Italian roots seriously and believes that this is an absolute attack and an assault on who I am as a human being. (laughs) Um, That said, I thank you for listening. And I also offer this. You're from Connecticut. I am also a Northeaster from New York. Um, 
I have a, a family cottage up, uh, my parents own it, uh, my, my dad's side, um, up in Willimantic. I don't know if you're familiar with that area at all. Uh, about, I don't know, maybe 40 minutes outside Hartford. Wonderful area. I love going there in the summers. Um, there's a place up there, Munson's Chocolates. That is the best chocolate in the world, bar none. Instead of spending money on that damn pizza with, with fruit on it, Go get some Munson's chocolates. It's incredible. If you, I'm sure living in Connecticut, I'm sure you already know that, but make that investment, do the right thing. And also, by the way, my God, petition the state to get the highways above 50 mile an hour speed limits. What is going on up there? Like, I'm sick of having to go 20 miles. It takes me 30 minutes. But let's go with this. I want to go somewhere and I want to go somewhere fast. Better or worse than driving through New Jersey? A better. I mean, people in New Jersey are animals. Okay, and I, and I say this, by the way, all my family's from Jersey, including my parents. Uh, also, Jersey's got this thing where you can't make a damn left turn. They got the, you know, the, the, if you're familiar with this, they have these things called jug handles. So like, if you come to a light in New Jersey, now this is not rural area, but like city-type areas. If you come to a light in Jersey, you're not allowed to make a left so you've got to go in what's called a little jug handle. It looks like a little jug handle. To the right, you go on like this little ramp. You come around, and it puts you basically like catty corner, and then you go through straight. To, I How dumb is that? And other thing with New Jersey that's a, that's a disgrace, you, they don't even trust you to pump your own gas, right? Now, like, okay, it's, it's convenient in the winter. You don't have to get out of your car. But they make these poor bastards freeze to death pumping your gas because you're some elitist. You can't get out of the car. Get out of your car and pump gas. What the hell is wrong with you? You've seen Jersey Shore? You want, you want to trust those people with a gas pump? I got to tell you, I'm ashamed of this. I've seen every episode of it. Uh, <laughs> in college, we uh, tied a few on watching Jersey Shore. And uh, no, no, I do, I, do, I do not trust those people, but I trust the common. I mean, those people, let's face it, their IQ is, uh, is not high. I would trust a normal person. I have a cousin who's from Jersey who came to New York once right after she got her license. She called me because she didn't know how to pump gas. <laughs> I left her there. I was like, yeah. you figure it out. Are you kidding me? Like, press a button. Just an absolute sham of, of a state. You know something I just learned recently that you're probably going to think it is hilarious and insane. So, look, I, you know, I lived in New York City for 10 years. I had a, a car when I was in high school after I turned 16 and then I sold it right after I turned 22 and I moved to New York. And since then I've only ever used rental cars or, or taken Ubers. My wife and I just recently bought a car and whenever we get a rental car, I'd always be like, God, damn it. like we'd pull into the gas station. I'd pull up to the pump and I'd be like, which side is the goddamn pump on? And then I, or the, or the gas cap, you know, and I get out and look and then I'd have to like turn around, yep. you know, there's an arrow on your, uh, 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 right, right, right in your gas meter that tells you points to which direction the gas cap is. I no, there is. I didn't, I did not you know didn't know that. it either. Mag told me she. I was like, uh, like for, I was like, where's where's the gas cap on this new car? And I pulled in, and she was like, actually, I just learned something. She was like, there's an arrow. It's like right there. It's like under the the the, the gas meter. And I was like, holy shit! I never knew that. I can't tell you how many times I've cursed having to get out of my car, look to see if I could see where the gas cap was, and then I had to turn around. Yeah, there's an arrow. You know, obviously, like if you have a car, it might be not something that you ever notice because you just you learn where your 
gas cap is and then you don't ever think about it again. But it happened to us all the time because we were running cars. Absolutely incredible piece of information. I'd be interested to know how many of you out there knew that that existed. All right, next comment from a reader. Uh, this one is from OP Dad of Four. He says, fruit on pizza, I have to agree, it is disgusting garbage. If you've ever been to Des Moines, Iowa, go to Fong's Pizza. It's Chinese food on pizza. This is the second time I'm reading this, and it's just as delicious sounding as the first. And you have to try the Crab Rangoon Pizza. Food Network rated it the best thing ever at Verderam. You a Crab Rangoon guy? Love it. Love it. Uh, just hearing the words Crab Rangoon, I just gained like four pounds. I'm just looking it up. Oh, God. Yeah. It looks good. It looks good. Um, thank you for that. Uh, someone who smartly agrees also that pineapple pizza is crazy town. Um, the next one comes from Sweatband, who says, Pineapple Pride, I'll order a pineapple pizza at Club Applebee's. I know we got to get to bed here, Bertram, but you got to tell everybody about Club Applebee's yeah. real quick. Always. Okay, so first of all, this is Joshua Briscoe, who is a hilarious character who does uh, 810 radio in Kansas City. Good friend. Used to do a podcast uh, at uh, called Roughing the Kicker uh, on Our Head Attic. So the story behind this is probably in like April. He had me on the radio, and we started talking about all kinds of different food things, and we it's kind of our shtick. We get in this topic all the time. And so, so Club Applebee's is a real thing. It's based off, or not based off, it is the, the Applebee's restaurant that for a while, and I think they've stopped doing this, but they did it at like 30 or 40 locations nationwide. They would shut down the restaurant around, I think around 10 o'clock, shut it for an hour, change some stuff around the restaurant, clean it, I hope, whatever. And then they would reopen the restaurant at 11 o'clock as a nightclub, Club Applebee's. And I remember... A buddy of mine, it was one of the locations was near where I grew up, and it was right down the road from my, my friend, my best friend in high school. And we uh, were driving around one night. I was probably 19, 20 in college. And we're seeing people like going into Applebee's Tuesday night on like, at like midnight. Like, what the hell's going on at Applebee's? Like, they're still open? Nope. Turns out it's a nightclub. And we were just. Uh, speechless. I remember that night, like, neither one of us could sleep. We we're just laughing so hard, just talking about it. Like, man, can you believe, like, who the hell's going in there? And you just know it's Joey and he's, you know, and he's 45 and he's in his affliction t-shirt who's two sizes too small. And he's going in there to find Mrs. Wright, you know? And I wonder to myself, like, can you imagine you, you know, you see your uncle, Hey, Joey, hey, you got a new girlfriend? Yeah. Where'd you meet her? I met her at Applebee's. A blind date? No. <laughs> Met her at Club Applebee's. What? Yeah. Like, here's a, here's a question. What is the divorce rate on that group of people, right? It's got to be something like 90%. It, I bad. mean, what? I would rather tell somebody that I, I met my girlfriend or, you know, whatever, you know, wife. I, I would rather be like, well, where'd you meet her? Uh, back alley in Brooklyn. Like, <laughs> I feel like that has less shame and probably a better success rate. Just what what an unmitigated disaster. Imagine being up at the altar and, and being like, yeah, I'll never forget the first time I saw Donna standing on the bar at Club Applebee's, drinking a Hurricane Breeze, dancing to, I don't know. Pour some sugar on me by death. <laughs> yeah, remix to Ignition, something like that. Yeah. 
there's, there's great pictures. If you Google Club Applebee's, there's a Business Insider article, and they pulled pictures from YouTube videos. And it's, it's pretty incredible. much exactly what you would expect. When I told Briscoe about this on the radio, he had never heard of it, and he looked it up. And I, he read part of that Business Insider article, and it's incredible. I, I, I'm not kidding. I've never been back in an Applebee's since then because I'm so ashamed of what it tried to do and what it tried to become. Like, look, <laughs> you're, you're a shitty chain restaurant. Just own it. It's fine. There's a million of them. Don't go being somebody you're not. And, and Applebee's went a bridge too far even for me. So I, I, will, I will pass. I will head over to Red Lobster or Buffalo Wild Wings if I'm in the time of need. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't look like Applebee's will be sponsoring the podcast anytime soon. Speaking of chain restaurants, do you remember a place called Max and Irma's? I don't know if they even still exist now. They had them in no, Ohio. No, I don't. No. They, they, here's the thing about Max and Irma's. It was just like any other like Applebee's, Chili's kind of place, generic like American food. But they had an ice cream bar and a, and a bathtub. Like, not in a gross way. It was just a bathtub-sized ice cream bar. And, you know, go up and just, you, you order it, and they give you a bowl, and they're like, yeah, knock yourself out. Absolutely fantastic. Wow. I, okay. Once we get through this COVID stuff, ice cream bars need to make a comeback. When we get through the COVID stuff, I mean, I still, I, you know, I, I commute into Chicago for work now. We will have to go and go to that cigar bar and uh, – mm. Get a good cigar or two, and, and frankly, I'm gonna be blunt. It's one a.m. Just get tanked. Just yeah. pick like a Friday night, <laughs> and I'll just I'll, listen. I'll I'll stay at a buddy. I'll, I'll get a hotel. Whatever, fine, doesn't matter. And uh, go down. Maybe like the Chiefs win the Super Bowl, and we're somehow through COVID at that point. I don't know yeah. that we quite will be, but if it if it happens, like that's a good way to get it done. Yeah, I think a a great place to get COVID would be at a cigar bar. Like dry yes. air, like people yes. puffing real- on stuff, blowing. Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 Sure. All right. Uh, and our last one, this one comes from Clint McKenzie, who, by the way, Clint, you are the winner of our pineapple pizza contest. You're going to be getting that Kansas City Chiefs scarf and uh, glove. So thank you to everybody who, who participated. You can always leave us a, a review on Apple Podcasts. That's what these folks did. They mentioned pineapple pizza. Even if you, even if you left us a review before – you can leave it again and it will update when we're doing a contest uh, or if you have a question that you want us to answer on the podcast. Uh, but Clint says, in accordance with Matt's request, I will add that pineapple on pizza is an affront to God himself. It's disgusting and unnatural, somewhat akin to being a Raiders fan. And that's fantastic. And I, I want to just tell you all a quick story. When I was this was nine years ago. I wrote an article on Arrowhead Attic called Oakland Raiders Fan Arrested, which was not an uncommon occurrence. Um, and I just have to read you this. If your kids are in the room, this is a little bit explicit, not terrible. Uh, so I just wrote here, Raiders fans getting arrested isn't exactly a new phenomenon. Look at that. I'm making the same joke nine years later. But with all due respect to, Oak, to, to, to the Oakland fan that stabbed the Chargers fan with a shank, you can look that up on YouTube, everybody. This might be the greatest of them all. I'm just going to read you. This is from the article. Lodi police arrested Sean Batty, 42, at 941 on Friday night after they said he was found under the influence of methamphetamines. Officers responded to a call in the area of Beckman Road, just north of Harney Lane, where a man later identified as Batty was found standing in the dirt next to a cemetery with a flashlight yelling in the dark. Police said that Batty was wearing an Oakland Raiders jacket, a G-string, and a hair scrunchie around his genitals. He was also wearing socks. 
The socks <laughs> are what makes it. <laughs> the person, but the person that wrote this article clearly knew what he was doing. Like he, he, he literally, or he or she, whoever wrote it, d- decided that, like, I'm going to put this, this little button on this thing that he's wearing socks. An Oakland Raiders jersey, a G-string, a hair scrunchie around his genitals. I, this, if you ever needed a PSA to not do drugs, that's it, right? You could, you could do these drugs and it might be fun or you could end up standing in a cemetery with a flashlight. And, and this is the chicken and egg conversation, right? Like, <laughs> what came first? The drug use or being a Raiders fan? <laughs> right, right. Like maybe, yeah. it's, maybe that drove him. Like, yeah. you know, I, I don't, either way, uh, <laughs> that's tough. That's a tough night. And even worse night if you're the cop who finds that guy, right? Like, holy hell. Not yeah. great. Not yeah. ideal. Uh, absolutely one of my favorite stories of all time. Just absolutely incredible. Um, all right. That's it. Guys, we are it, we love you. It's 1 a.m. Central Time. We're going to go to bed. Uh, we had a lot more to say. We'll say it on Thursday. We'll be back. We'll preview Chiefs versus Dolphins. But, hey, here we are, Kansas City, doing fantastic, leading the division, and uh, back they the haven't playoffs. lost a game. Yeah, they're back in the playoffs. They haven't lost a game in a calendar year. That's, uh, that's pretty damn good. Well, they lost right. one. Yes, one game in a calendar year. My bad. Doesn't feel like twenty-one and one in the last twenty-two. Yeah, yeah, I knew the answer to that question. It's just, uh, you know, I'm I'm sleep deprived. Okay, if you like what you heard, you can subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google, Amazon Music, and everywhere you get your podcasts. Leave those reviews for us on Apple Podcasts. The written reviews they're really helpful. And um, you ask us a question, we'll answer it on the podcast. All right, make sure you follow us on Twitter. He's at Matt Verderam. I'm at at R Patrick Allen. Please follow Matt Connor, the lead expert at Arrowhead Addict. He's at, at Matt Connor AA. And of course, follow at Arrowhead Addict. Thank you for listening. You guys are the best fans in the business. My name is Patrick Allen. He's Matt Bertram. We'll see you on Thursday. I'm going to sleep now, but as always, go Chiefs. It's recording. Okay. All right. And we're coming down in five, four, three, two, one. What's up, addicts? Welcome to the Arrowhead Addict Podcast. My name is Patrick Allen. I'm joined, as always, by Matt Verderam. Verderam, we just recorded an hour podcast, and I'm an idiot, and I thought I hit record, and I must have not hit record. And so you guys missed some really great quality content. I'd like to apologize to my co-host, Matt Verderam, for, for screwing up. Uh, yeah, didn't have as bad of a night as Drew Locke, though. Yeah, listen, it's fine. It happens. At least we can do it again, and, it, and it's not a big problem. Where Drew Locke can't do it again, he's terrible, and they're four and eight. For the ones who know safety isn't a catchphrase, it's a culture. And the ones who help make sure everyone makes it home safe. For the safety-minded who watch everyone's backs, Granger offers supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as safety assessments and training to keep your facilities safe and your people safer. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.